0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Welcome back to A Baby Got Batch.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: I feel like we're coming off of a long week. How are you feeling, Camila?
0: Um. Yeah, I feel like... By long week, do you mean in like Bachelor Nation or, or news or...
1: I just mean, like, all of the things. Yeah. Not even so much news. I I think just everyone was tired or everyone was just having something either stressful or bad happen to them. I don't know if you feel the case, but...
0: Oh, yeah. I had a big, long, tough week. I feel feel really grateful that, you know, in my regular... Day job or whatever. Uh, one of my coworkers picked up some slack for me, and, and you know, I asked him in advance to do that, yeah. and he was more than happy to. And then he told me he's moving in March, so like, I'll do the same for him then. So we're all good. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But it. that swapping favors,
0: yeah, yeah. But that took so much off my plate. It's insane. Like I, mm. and 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 I was still so busy. I was literally packing to <laughs> the last second. Like I think I was up at like nine a.m. on sunday and didn't stop moving really until i got to the airport at 6 30 p.m and then my flight was delayed two hours so that was real fun too (laughs) but yeah i made it back to miami it's nice and warm Um, i spent like five minutes playing with my dad and stepmom's dogs in the backyard and I would have been out there longer, but I hadn't put sunscreen on, and I was like, "Oh, I'm starting to feel a burn on my on my oh, on yeah. my pale complexion." So,
1: <laughs> well, you've been in in uh, New York winter for a good amount of time, so you gotta yeah, get a little get literally warmed up.
0: I know it's so crazy, and I so I spent a lot of today also cleaning out my closet. I was just like, I have so much stuff that I haven't even touched or looked at in years yeah. in my <laughs> closet here, so I just started bagging everything up you know this is for a donation this is trash you know things like that i found a couple shirts where i was like oh wait this is actually still cute and i used to love this and it looked so good on me and then i tried the mom and i'd be like wow it looks horrible on me now why and it's like oh because i'm just so pale now like you need to be tan yeah. to wear this
1: yeah yeah and it's right.
0: such a weird thing that i never really thought about because i used to just always be man <laughs>
1: No, I'm going through the, like the same thing now because you know I move this weekend, and I was trying to take it as an opportunity to get rid of some stuff which I needed to do because I had so much. Yeah, and I ended up parting not so much with sentimental things, but it was sh- shirts and pants that I liked enough, but I was also never wearing. Like there was a whole closet that I had that was just untouched, and yeah. I mean I've been in upstate New York for a while, and I did not bring any of those things, and I did not miss them, so they were the. First to go. A lot of H and M stuff. No shade to H and M because they yeah. got me through so many years, but it was starting to get like a the paper thin clothes that were clearly mm-hmm. like wrinkled to hell. I was like, all right, I think we've we need yeah. to close this chapter.
0: A lot of Forever Twenty One in mine. A lot of Forever Twenty One. A lot yeah. of H and M. My new favorite thing: secondhand stores, Buffalo Exchange, all that good stuff. I don't know if that exists in Miami, but I'm about to find out. There you go. Um, One other thing that happened to me this past weekend, Brett, that I really felt like I needed to tell you was that right. one of my really good friends, she pulled me aside at one point and was like, Camila, I haven't told you yet, but I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to every episode, um, and oh, it's really wow. fun. And I was like, Oh, thanks. That's so and, nice. Yeah. And she was like, but… There was this moment where I just found myself, like, yelling at my phone, yelling at you, Camila, because you were laughing at Brett for saying, bat out of hell. And I just wanted to yell at my phone, like, Camila, that's a real phrase. That's a real saying. (laughs) And I started, like, dying of laughter because I was so convinced that you just, like, made that up on the spot. And it was... I don't know. I I feel so much
1: justice. I need to meet this friend and just give them a proper thank you. Because, yeah, I don't know how you made it this long never hearing that phrase. I mean, it's one of those things where I can't even identify where I know it from because I've just heard it so often. And you know what? You're not hearing a bad out of hell. There's a friend that I won't name her, but I get so frustrated because she's literally never been – to target. And I'm like, literally, how have you done this? <laughs> yeah, how have you gotten this far in life and not had this experience? It makes no sense. And it just, when I start trying to think about it, it's a little worse than bad out of hell, uh, never having been in a target. Yeah. Uh, but when I just start to try to comprehend how that's possible, my brain just shuts down. It can't do it. <laughs> yeah. But thank you to that friend. <laughs> and also thank to that friend for listening. It means a
0: lot. Yeah, it means a lot. Thanks. <laughs> and So with that, shall we get into the episode?
1: Let's dive into it. Yay. So with this week, I was already, I don't know exactly how you were feeling, but I was already apprehensive mm-hmm. about turning on the TV tonight because I was like, I don't know if I can do another episode like last week. That mm-hmm. one, I think just wiped all of us out and we were all just so tired. And I think I blame last week's episode for making the entire last week rocky, even outside of Bachelor World. Yeah, that's it. Just, uh, it started off on a bad note, um, but in the intro, in the little cold open we see, you know, Victoria is upset and she says she's two steps away from going home. And I'm like, okay, hopefully, hopefully just maybe we'll get some retribution, justice, yeah. some accountability, some justice, some mm-hmm. peace. And um, yeah, so I was, I was uh, very hopeful. And then after the cold open, we get Victoria walking around with Kit and they're talking Another about the new girl, girls. by the way. Yeah, she's like it's a, one of those things where she's more like a, a henchman. self-mean girl. Yeah, it's like just because there are bigger mean girls out there doesn't mean that you are not also contributing to mean girl energy.
0: Also, and I have some theories as to why she doesn't have more mean girl energy um like editing-wise and so we'll get to that when we get to her one-on-one. For yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, for people not saying that this is escalating to the level of bullying i think this line really proved that it it's bullying yeah a
0: (laughs) hundred percent
2: i love the ogs and like the house was so great till these new people came like i don't think anything of them and new girls were like yeah it's been really hard i'm like what we haven't even started the hazing process
1: there's that fun comment and then they're passing Brittany and ryan and again like mainly being victoria here but kit's you know, being, uh, is there. She's not pushing back. So.
0: Yeah. Well, Victoria's like, ew, they're so annoying. Like, obviously, so that they hear her and then Kit's just laughing and all like, oh my God, make sure they don't hear you. And it's like, come on.
1: Yeah. Well, it was it's very much this difference and we'll obviously go into, you know, Anna later on, but it's this difference versus like remorse for what they're saying or pushing against people for saying shitty things versus not wanting to get caught. And that's yeah. where it seemed like Kit was really occupied. He's like don't say it too loud, we're going to get in trouble, but yeah. was kind of letting her continue. So, yeah, not great Kit, not great. But then we're, uh, yeah, we, we get back to the, the, the house a little bit and we get this moment with MJ and Anna and they're talking about what happened this past week.
3: Did you get to talk to her? Like I said, I heard she was like kind of bummed. I'm fine with her. I don't give a f- anymore. Don't
0: worry. You're good. You did the right thing.
1: Obviously, we see. More of MJ later this episode. But man, I am just so... Well, this really disappointed in Anna, obviously. But MJ too. I feel like I was hoodwinked by her. Where I was really like, oh, she seems really cool. And then we're just not seeing a good side to her here. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this probably in every episode. But episode one, MJ seemed really cool, chill, cool girl. And then it all just kind of went down in flames. Like every episode. For me, I'm very much like... We give the benefit of the doubt so much to white women and stuff like that. So I kind of mm, try to yeah. give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And then once they, you know, show quite a few things, I'm kind of like, okay, well, mm, probably yeah. not. Yeah, so I've been for a few episodes being like, nah, I don't fuck with MJ anymore. But it's crazy how she yeah. really hoodwinked. Like, she, her first impression was so different. So different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, this is why I don't you can't trust people. No. You can never trust because they do this kind of shit. And, yeah, it's uh, all out the window.
0: Yeah. But I remember that um MJ and Anna chat, I was just I was just like in shock, you know, because Anna's obviously seems a little like regretful, remorseful, scared. And MJ is just living in this world of delusion of like, Yeah, we are right, we are yeah, fine. Yeah. And it's it's like Victoria yeah. level.
1: Yeah, it's this world of delusion and just immediate defensiveness, like a, mm-hmm. just not even a shred of, oh, let me hear this person out. It's just like nope. Buck you. Like, I am, uh, I am right. You are wrong with literally everything. Yeah. And then after that little moment, we finally get what we've been waiting for for, I feel like multiple weeks now. Matt comes in and addresses the group. And here's a little bit of what he had to say. Good evening, ladies.
3: Hi, Matt. How are we doing? Good.
1: Before we get into tonight,
4: I wanted to address something that was brought to my attention last night about the environment in the house how toxic it is, how there's a mob mentality with the old women and new women, this us versus them, really a culture of bullying. I also wanted to address some rumors that were floating around that could potentially ruin someone's life. If you're having to belittle someone else for you to shine, then. Those aren't the qualities I'm looking for in my life. It sucks because, like, I don't get enough time with you all. And
1: now I got to deal with this.
0: Uh, Loved uh, Matt's speech. What do you think, Brett? How do you think he handled it?
1: Yeah, I think he handled it really well. I mean, I think this this moment was the start of. Matt, you know, showing up like this episode and I think really coming into his own as a lead. And I just like how he was super direct, like he wasn't getting too pulled into the weeds like so many Bachelors have, like I think about Peter's season. And whenever, whenever drama would happen, he would always be like, okay, what's this person's side? Okay, what's this person's side? What's this person's side? And then just really go down the rabbit hole for yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was so exhausting.
0: Real devil's advocate-y. I feel. Yeah,
1: real devil's advocate And another thing on that note is I like how he just believes people. He hears about the like the the escort rumor going around or just the general talk about bullying and toxicity in the house he believes it he's not like oh well maybe that person's just overreacting right he very much mm-hmm. just takes it in stride and and says like that won't stand here so i really give major kudos to him
0: yeah the downfall of that is you know earlier on in the season when he just Believe Victoria about Marilyn, and she got yeah. sent home kind of prematurely. Yeah. And that, to, and to me, that's like not—that's an unfortunate casualty, you know. Because I think you should—he yeah. should be believing the women when they come to him. The solution is—is is don't cast toxic women who are going to lie, yeah. yeah, and who are going to manipulate situations. I think that's the solution there, not Matt yeah. Yeah. or any lead second guessing. They're women.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Preach. But then, so right after that speech, you you can tell that it's really landing with the women in the house because you look at Anna's face and you just see this like, oh no, like this very much. I know I'm the one being referenced and I am in trouble.
0: Yeah, like the what's the TikTok sound? It's like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, no 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 no. no. We're so out of sync. We'll practice that. But that one—that—that
1: that like brought me right back to karaoke. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, I miss karaoke. Every time you bring so up much. karaoke,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder. Quick side note: I wonder what virtual karaoke looks like. like do you think people oh, are trying man. that? Oh, think I'm sure are?
1: I'm sure people are trying it. One because like I feel for uh people who have to run karaoke rooms or people who <laughs> I actually went to like one of those like es- virtual escape the room things. And man, I feel for those people because especially this escape the room, it was very fun. It was nothing like doing that in person. But yeah. I can empathize with that they need to make something work and it might not be as good as the thing that you know it for, but it's something, so I'm sure karaoke is a thing.
0: Wow, I really want to ask about this virtual escape the room um, experience, but now is not the time. <laughs> well, actually, well, actually, hold on. T-
1: I'll give you one anecdote, and then okay. we'll, and then we'll move on. But like, I remember we had to like yes. find some some pirate treasure chest or something like that. It was it was at work actually, and. Uh, we were getting clues from like the some scoundrel or whatever, or I don't even know exactly what his title was. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the the scoundrel's Wi-Fi connection is having some difficulty. This the scoundrel's <laughs> transmitter. Whenever we would have any sort and I really admired him like oh, still being in character while having technical issues.
0: Committing to the bit.
1: Wow. I just really, really appreciated it.
0: I'm glad that we took the time off.
1: It was very important. Very important.
0: Okay. Now, I'm going to need to try one of these virtual things out. Okay. Anyway, so back to Anna and the oh, no, 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 no face.
1: Back to oh, no, no. So this is where she's clearly realizing, like, he's talking about me. I'm in trouble. And again, we're at this debate on is she actually remorseful? Is she actually feeling really shitty about what she said and just realizing it was – wrong um yeah. or is she just like sorry she got caught and uh is now just yeah. feeling so much fear you know what, what, where did you kind of land with it
0: i felt in in this part before she speaks to matt i felt like she was sorry she got caught no that's yeah. definitely
3: about you. the comment i made but i had said something completely out of my character to say it's me like everyone knew it's me I made a mistake. I made a
0: stupid comment about Brittany. I'm just like, who the f*** went to him? Um? I think for so long, both on the show, but also just in real life, people are always saying like, oh, that was so not me. I don't know what came over me, whatever. And that's, it's like, no, if you do something like that exists inside of you, And I recommend self-reflection and maybe therapy. Like, the last time I had a moment where I was like, I don't know what came over me. Not only did I have, like, a super long talk, apology, whatever, with the one one person that I hurt. Um, Also, this was, like, 2019. Um, But I did, like, some deep, deep digging. I was like, okay, this is where this comes from. Cool. It's in mine now. Like, that hasn't happened again or since or whatever. Yeah. And I was, like, super drunk when it happened. So it's like, oh, okay, that's where you, like, really realize the mm-hmm. things that that yeah, right. you thought you'd taken care of, but instead you just yeah. pushed down. Yeah. So, right. and that that's actually from that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop saying, like, even though it's true, I don't know where that came from. I'm yeah. going to stop using it as an excuse <laughs> yeah. because it yeah. came from me, even if I don't know from where, I know. It's like, I know the call came from inside the house. So,
1: yeah, 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 right.
0: So, for me, it's like, okay, if people are just like, if they just use it as an excuse and not the beginning of digging deeper, I'm like, okay, you're sorry you got caught because there's like, this is just inside you. Like, no one put you under hypnosis, put you under a spell, no one gave you a weird potion, you know, no one (laughs) knocked you out and put you on little marionette strings. No, (laughs) this is inside of you. I recommend you look into it.
1: Yeah, no, that's like so well said. And another, so I very much agree. And then also, something she kept saying when she was in this, like, I'm going to go home spiral fear was Mm -hmm. like, oh, it was like one, you know, offhand comment, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it wasn't one offhand comment. It it may have been one theme, it may have been focusing on one thing, but it carried you through the day and it carried you through multiple different interactions at different times of day. So, unless production is literally manipulating the sun and and we're you know and like this actually all only happened in a five second span,
0: just digital in post.
1: Yeah, then I'm pretty sure that this happened multiple times. And yeah, it took you a little while. It wasn't an immediate oh that was out of yeah. character. It you're you're now just owning this because yeah. you're about to get sent home.
0: Yeah, I wonder if she meant because I I agree with you, but I wonder if she meant like oh. She made one comment, and then it snowballed with people like pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But regardless, I still agree with you. It's not like one comment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, right.
0: Yeah. And I also want to add an asterisk to what I said is that like I understand that these women are under like a lot of pressure, and you know we've seen it all over Bachelor Nation, especially recently. You know, tied to like the Dylan tweets and like the Bachelor Nation responses to the Dylan tweets about how. A lot of former cast have said that it's like a low point in their life. And like, you know, the franchise doesn't care about their mental health and stuff. Like, I can see how that can bring out the worst in you. That doesn't mean that it's not in you still. So um, even though I have empathy for like this crazy amount of pressure that these people are under, it's still something that is within you. And if you ever find yourself feeling like this crazy thing happened that you didn't think you were capable of, just some self-reflection, just some therapy. Yeah, no, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So then after we see uh, Anna kind of go back and forth with like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, this isn't me, but I also feel really shitty about myself. So kind of straddling the fence here. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt pulls Brittany aside to, to talk about it and essentially says like the same things that we were talking about last week where, you know, this yeah. could potentially ruin her life or w- mom watches the show. Uh, she says it's eating away at her. And I really, really loved like what you said, you know, last week. And, you know, maybe we have like new listeners. If you could give like a, a real like recap of like, uh, you know, some of your points.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, basically, the gist of it was even though the intention behind the rumors and the gossip was to belittle and hurt her and, and bully her a little, you know, and I think that's shitty and no one should ever feel bullied or whatever. It does make me sad that we're still in a place where being yeah. in the sex industry could, quote unquote, ruin your life. I think, you know, if you live in well, no, even if you live in places like New York and L.A., it definitely people will definitely judge you, but you'll at least be able to be out in a way and you know like you'll be able to be honest about what you do Mm -hmm. and even though some people will judge you like you'll still be able to have friends and you'll have a lot of people who don't judge you or won't judge you but it's still not like a perfect uw far from it but and that's in like the most progressive city in the world right in new york so in middle america or any of like the smaller cities or or anywhere really that there's so much stigma attached to the sex industry and it's just sad that it's still oh I was being called an escort like they want to ruin my life like it, it's just it just makes me sad like your life will not be ruined yeah. if you are in the sex industry and I can't wait until America and the world gets with it and yeah. normalizes the sex industry because guess what we all put millions of billions of dollars into it all of us <laughs> yeah, so yeah, respect it anyway yeah. that's okay Whew. what started out as a two sentence summary <laughs> that ended getting enough. fired up <laughs> mini getting rant. fired up
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's like just sums it up so perfectly. Is like, you know, even though the stigma very much shouldn't be a thing, uh, it's important to acknowledge it. It still exists, right? Yeah. Acknowledge
0: it still that. exists. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make a separate comment about something that Brittany said. She also mentioned, I think, twice in this um episode, but that this is her first time ever experiencing bullying, and it sucked. Oh and yeah. I was just yeah. like,
1: <laughs> I was like, ooh,
0: wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> How blessed are you? Yeah, not that yeah. she deserves any bullying. No one deserves bullying. But a small part of me was like, I hope that you weren't a bully <laughs> in high school. But it is possible to, like, I don't think it's a, a binary like bullied yeah, or sure. bully, because I'm not gonna lie. I was like pretty popular in, in middle school and high school, but you. I still was bullied. I was still I was still bullied by like yeah. other popular kid you know so it's like right right so it wasn't like maybe the extreme bullying you see on tv of like the popular kid against like the the nerd but yeah and i was bullied in college a lot again by popular girls so it was it's just like Wow, I hope I don't sound really
1: really No, awful. no, I think it's no, I think it's fine. It's like I think bullying transcends <laughs> popularity status, so yeah. it's wild to think someone would have never experienced it. I I don't know exactly yeah, how I old she is. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. She's in her mid 20s, so like man, yeah, she's that's a lot of time on this earth. Yeah, that's enough time.
0: Yeah. Cuz on one hand I'm like, "Oh, 23, so young." And then I think about it, I'm like, "No, 23 you're out of college, that's not that young." That's insane that she's never yeah. experienced bullying and part of me wanted to roll my eyes. And then part of me was like, why Camila, why? She doesn't have to experience, uh, (laughs) because we're jealous.
1: It's because we're jealous. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It comes from a place of jealousy.
1: that's it. That's it. So then, yeah. So after Matt pulls Brittany aside, we get him talking to Anna and this is where we start hearing a little bit more of the remorseful side of Anna.
3: I am so sad and upset with myself. It's the first thing you should know. Um, Before even coming here, I like received messages about another girl who'd also be here, Brittany. And then when she did show up, the worst thing I could say was set and immediately I felt horrible about it. And I completely appalled, I was like, this is on me. This is me being a shallow person, the worst moment ever. I was
4: just... Shock.
3: I feel horrible, like, so immensely horrible, like, I'm breaking out in a rash because I'm, like, so sad.
4: Listen, you're not a horrible person. I don't think that at all. Because I've been in your shoes. Like, I've said things that I wish I could take back and that I'm not proud of. Ultimately, I've had to take responsibility for my words and my actions, and I've grown from it. But I have a responsibility to the women that are here, to Brittany, to myself, to follow my heart. (laughs) And unfortunately, I. See you being part of
2: that journey anymore. Sorry. Yes. I
1: want you. So, what did you think of this interaction and this sort of different side of, of Anna here?
0: I actually really love this interaction between them, mainly because of Matt. So, the damage is done. There's nothing you can really do. All she could do is beg for forgiveness for lack of a better word all she could do was say you know the things that she was saying to him in that moment but it almost felt like slightly half-hearted like she kind of knew that she this might be it which i feel like in the past you know you brought up peter it's like i feel like the villain will get the benefit of the doubt Mm, many times and part of me was like, "Are we going to see that? Is she going to get a second chance? You know, because Victoria's yeah. the more egregious one. Like, she's probably definitely going to go home." Sure. And I really loved how Matt told her he he's like, "I believe you're a good person. You like grow. Like I've done things like this too." And this is kind of when I was like, "Okay, is he going to say like second chance?" And then he goes, "But." you know, actions have consequences. And I had to face the consequences of my actions. And now so do
1: you. Accountability, and, baby. Accountability. Ca- yeah.
0: I got so excited. I was like hyped in my yeah. in my seat where I was watching. I was like, oh my God. I was typing out my notes and I was like, accountability in all <laughs> Catholic like taking responsibility. Actions have consequences. <laughs> um, and I was excited. It's one of the few things that I care so much about that I want to see more and more. Um not just on reality t v but in all media, all of it
1: yeah yeah no i was I was really like proud of Matt here. I think he balanced uh both seeing that she was at least a little bit remorseful, I think that's obviously fair to say, especially compared to other people in the house when they, you know, mm-hmm. say shitty things or do shitty things. So I think he was really good at acknowledging that remorse and being like, listen, I don't think you're a, like a horrible person. So, cause I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a believer too. like depends on the thing, but if people are, um, either one willing to learn, uh, and then two showing remorse, then there's, there's a, a world where you work with that a little bit. Working with that doesn't mean, uh, waving a wand and being like okay always forgiven you know like that's like where you then start putting in the work and and that also means like you know it doesn't mean you get to stay on the show right it doesn't mean you get to stay on the show and like oh you know like uh whatever like uh, you you messed up and i feel like if peter was in this position he would not have sent her home because he would not have had the the um yeah like the boldness to or like the confidence in himself to confidence in his like in his sense of decency, or you know what, what have you? You know, so I was just, yeah, I was really proud of Matt in this moment.
0: Yeah, and I love everything you said, Brett. And I, I feel the need to everything you said and, and everything that I said right before you. I feel like that is both of our stances on cancel culture. Certain people in the in our political divide are you know rail against cancel culture and how it's like you know censoring. And whatever. And it's like, in and of itself, like, I don't support or agree with cancel culture. You know, I feel like that's a label that's put on what we're talking about in order to dismiss it, right? It's like, we're just saying actions have consequences. We don't think you're a horrible person. But if you did a shitty thing and you double down on it instead of taking a step back and saying, hmm, let me do some self reflection, then you're probably going to stay shitty. And so I don't want to buy your clothes yeah right right it's just simple as that it's like actions have consequences like if you make really good music and then you made a mistake and you acknowledge it and it's redeemable and maybe you go to therapy or you do some community service or whatever and you actually reflect and grow then yeah fuck it i'll keep listening Mm -hmm. to your music you know if but if you continue to deny and keep gaslighting everyone in the world who's ever heard of you no fuck off i'm not gonna keep listening to your music that's not cancel culture that's just That's like fucking capitalism. That's like using your buying power (laughs) where you want it. Absolutely. And also having consequences for your actions. People are railing against cancel culture, but what they're railing against is accountability for their actions.
1: Right. Uh, Yeah, I just think it's really important to see how people react to like when they fuck up, you know, because you can go two different roads. or Obviously, there's way more than two.
0: Well, we saw all the different roads here
1: well yeah I mean like you know so I was glad that she was showing remorse and then we saw it a little bit more in the car when she is sent home
3: I'm just really disappointed in myself and that's what it comes down to (sighs) Matt's like a great guy he doesn't need to be with someone who that could come out of their mouth one dumb decision it's gonna take you down
0: Yeah, I was going to say I was also surprised because, like we said, in the earlier part, it's more like she's so sorry she got caught. Yeah. And then in this whole time, this whole time where she's being sent home in the limo, I'm like, wait a minute. She's like taking accountability. She's basically saying she deserves to go home for this. And it was messed up. And I was actually really proud of her. I was like, oh, this is the beginning of of growth. Yeah, there's, there's like yeah. potential here there's seeds here for her to change her life for the better and make her an even better partner for when she does eventually have one and i don't know it made me really happy i was like oh okay i really thought she was gonna leave here being like
1: it was like it was one comment you know it, yeah you know, I, I shouldn't be i'm better than that what you know but I, yeah. you, you can say like i'm better than that in like a way that's not taking responsibility and she did yeah. take responsibility
0: yeah. And I was really, really excited to see that. I was like uh, the beginning of personal growth. I love to see yeah. it. I'm excited to see it for you, Anna. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that being said, like I do think it's important to acknowledge, like this is even just with regular apologies that just because uh you apologize to someone doesn't mean that the other person or like the group that you uh, you know, didn't say a great thing about or it didn't imply a great thing about uh, has to immediately forgive you or um, ever forgive you. Right. So those two things can exist in uh, at the same time.
0: And with that, we're only halfway through the cocktail party (laughs) guys. It's a long cocktail party. We're like 20
1: minutes in and so much has happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So much. Anyway. So we're back in the house and then Chelsea asks, Michelle, Ryan, and Catalina, if they think the environment is toxic. I feel like bullying is a very strong word and toxic. I don't feel like the environment in the
2: house is toxic. I concur. Do you guys think it is?
0: And I felt like it was kind of a bad look for Chelsea, but I think it was like truly oblivion. Like I don't, I mean, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I think that she just didn't realize the point it got to. Yeah, it didn't look good. She sounded like she was being dismissive. But when I looked back, I don't think she was around in the most egregious times of the of the bullying. So I want to give her the benefit of the doubt there. But I feel like you probably hear whispers and stuff around the house. I'm not sure. How did you feel about this moment?
1: Yeah, so I literally rewound this because at first, when she said that, I was like, it sounded a little defensive at first. Yeah, and I was like, oh, she's you know, she's just being like, well, I don't think it is, but you know, what do you think? But then I rewound it, and then I really focused in on like the, but what do you think? And I think you really hit the nail on the head with maybe she really was just not present or a bit oblivious to this because I think mm-hmm. it was important that you know she asked the new people who would who this was focused around what their thoughts were. It wasn't, uh, you know, just she was letting them them speak on it. And then obviously- Yeah, it
0: wasn't uh, just pure know. defensiveness.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I ultimately landed in a good place with her, but it, didn't, it wasn't the first gut reaction.
0: Yeah, so yeah. So to this, Michelle says that she's uncomfortable in the house and people have said disrespectful things and people have laughed at those things. Yeah. From there, we have like a waterfall of- Apologies left, oh, right, Apology and center. Apology
1: tour twenty twenty one over here.
0: Yeah, and I think Serena C um, put it best. I can't even explain the kiss assery that is
1: going on.
0: Which is funny because you know she also yeah. partook in the in the
1: in the mean girlery.
0: <laughs> yes, the mean girlery. I think it. Yeah, I think it's funny because she also participated in some of the mean girlery, but maybe at least she's not kissing ass i don't know i don't know yeah. what's better you know part of me i was thinking about that i was like it's not good if it's fake right but usually right in the moment it's hard to be sincerely remorse you know so yeah. i could see someone maybe holding off on their apologies or whatever yeah and then like really sitting with it and then coming around later yeah. But also, in this format, you can't really afford yeah. that time. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I think it depends on like how people apologize, right? Some people are good at it. Some people are shitty at it. So even just going through some highlights of the apology tour here, we have Kit apologizing for not being open to the, the new women and she'll do her best to make that better. As much as I'm I still wrote- not wanting to let kid off the hook, like I think this was landed somewhere in the middle where there was maybe some truth to it, but it was also a little bit of like this, I'm sorry, it got caught energy.
0: No, she was, this is a Hail Mary. She was like <laughs> Hail Mary that I wasn't pulled in with the rest of the girl, with Anna or, and this is before, right? Some other women are kind of pulled to task or, yeah. or asked about this but kit is just like a in a hail mary mode like i hope that i'm not grouped in with these people because yeah. she is laughing with them she's sitting next to victoria all the time she's laughing with victoria in the first scenes of the yeah. episode right, like right it's not yeah. this is this is great a manhattan socialite <laughs> politicking right here yeah I and can i see stand that. by it
1: very much see it and then we obviously get victoria's real fucking weird apologies
0: her gaslighty apology oh,
1: absolutely yeah exactly the i mean the first one wasn't good where she apologized to catalina for grabbing her crown but then when she apologized to Brittany, it was so much worse because it wasn't even an apology she was more just saying like oh yeah sorry if you felt like you were treated unfairly even though i wasn't a part of-. she was just very much all over the place with that whole approach So that doesn't even count in the apology tour in my book. No,
0: it's just incredibly gaslighting. I'm
3: sorry I took your frown. It was just like silly. It was never malicious. I would have warmed up
0: to you eventually, like you came
3: in hot. But I do not think that you were treated fairly. So I wanted to make sure
0: that that was known to you. Those lines are so crazy to me because... It's so dismissive. It's so dismissive yeah. of people's feelings. It's like you could be joking. Well, one, you, I don't genuinely believe that she was genuinely not malicious. Like, I don't. She told these girls to get out of the house. Like, I don't yeah. think that that's genuinely non-malicious. But even if it was, even if it was in her heart of hearts genuinely a joke, that doesn't matter if you are hurting someone's feelings. Because not right. everyone has the same sense of humor as you. And usually you need to be pretty close with someone to be able to joke with them that way and they know your intentions you can't treat people the way you want to treat them and just get mad at them when they take it the wrong way especially when you don't know them that well it just bothers me so much and this is one of those things that bothers me because i used to be guilty of this when i was like 15 you know i would be very like i love to be roasted and i love roasting people but now as an adult, I know that I only do that with like my close friends and I know right. their limits and I know the yeah, things that yeah. you don't joke about. I know all yeah. of that. But before I was all, I was the, the hallway jokester and I yeah, just like yeah. pew, pew, pew. And some people would laugh and some people would be like, angry and i'd be like yeah. why are you're angry it's just a joke it means i like you and it took me so long to realize that that doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah what matters is what they care about and how they feel and if you're hurting their feelings it's not funny yeah and you have to apologize
1: it's impact over intent baby you know yeah that whole impact thing impact
0: over intent uh yep. once again giving me the words i was searching for
1: we both go to therapy very clearly
0: <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> um, We come out of the apology tour and we see Ryan talking to Matt and he's asking her about her experience in the house and she flat out is like, Victoria sucks. No, she doesn't say that. (laughs) Victoria is being harsh to her. She tells her about the cheers on the first group date. That's to the OGs. She also talked about some personal bullying that Victoria kind of threw her way. And she kind of breaks down about it. It really reminded me a lot of Mean Girls and how at the end, Tina Fey is like, You girls have to stop calling each other whores and sluts. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's true. Like, I've never heard so many like ho, slut, whatever yeah, yeah. on The Bachelor ever. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> this year, like, I'm i almost surprised it's not more bleeped. I'm like, Oh, you you don't have to bleep ho? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Not, now I know what they're saying. Yeah. Um, and so ryan's telling matt all this and then victoria we kind of see her start to spiral and so she is like i just need to talk to matt i need to course correct this i need to make sure he knows the facts and that i was not involved or whatever and then she pulls him out aside and just starts complimenting matt
3: okay so i loved it you said and how you handled the situation and like how
0: serious you're taking it. So I really admire that. And Matt's face. (laughs) It was so cringy. I was just like how? what? What delusional world is this woman living in? Like the gas is next level because she's, (laughs) I mean I don't know if she's selling it. Like I don't know if she's the best actress. Maybe it's because we've been watching her on our screens be fake as fuck for the last month. But I was just like he can't be falling for this. Is he falling for this? And then obviously he was not. He pushes back, um, politely and ge- and gently as he's been doing before, and he kind of accidentally lets slip that Katie was the one who brought it to his attention. And literally, as soon as he says Katie, like the suspenseful music starts going, and we get a close up. Yeah. Of Victoria's face And I truly thought There was going to be A brawl after this I was like Oh my god Matt How could you She was on witness protection And you just outed her To the most dangerous Felon in the room I was really scared For Katie in that moment
1: I was waiting for Just like literally fire To like come out of Victoria's eyes Like a cartoon character
0: Oh my god literally She truly (laughs) She had venom In her veins In that You could see it But throughout this conversation I really really loved So much of what Matt said To Victoria
4: now I'm doing the other women here at the service by not making this a safe space for everybody.
0: Yeah.
4: You know what I'm saying? People's words are so powerful. And when you said that Ryan was a hoe, her being a dancer, I don't think you know. That was own.
3: completely taken out of context.
4: Like I'm just curious, like what context would calling somebody a hoe? Be acceptable to be taken in. I just had a lot to think about,
0: and I really like that he practiced what he preached. By sending Anna home earlier, but also sending Victoria home promptly after this convo.
1: Yeah, and one one line I really wanted to like hone in on is when they were um, you know talking about like the the hoe dancer comment, and Victoria says like, "Oh, that was taken out of context." And I really loved what he pushed back again, like not just letting that that slip by. And he said like, "What's an acceptable context for you to call someone a hoe, especially someone that you don't know friend with like whatever?" Not you know. Uh, not even to just be like, oh, if you're friends, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, like what acceptable context was there? I really love how he just put her on the spot there. And of course, she didn't have an answer.
0: Yeah, it's just, again, classic dismissiveness and Matt not allowing it to pass. I've just loved this so much. I felt so vindicated finally for all the gaslighting. It's like, no, this stops Here, and it's true it's never acceptable to use words that have been used to oppress any group of people for whatever reason unless you're like extremely close with them and that person is okay with it you know like none of my friends call me a hoe i don't even know if i'd be okay with it but they just don't and i'm fine with that i'm fine with that
1: (laughs) right right yeah
0: I don't call any of my friends at home. Also fine with it. I don't need it to feel closer to them. And it's totally... If you do that with your close friends, totally fine. But it's like you, can, you don't have to just be close friends. It's also being on the same page about what you like to joke with and what you don't like to joke with. Yeah, yeah. So Matt doesn't send um, Victoria home immediately. You know, waits till the rose ceremony. But she walks away from the combo and she's fucking spiraling. <laughs> she walks outside you know all the women are like where's she going and she sits down obviously talking to a producer who is strategically not on the shot and it's just like going off she's like yelling she's like insulting the girls she's just going out of her mind and like yelling all these things like saying she's gonna literally die if she goes home but also if matt sends her home he's not her person i don't know it's just like all the women are overhearing everything it's kind of wild i'm like wow
1: yeah this just like really showcases Victoria's lack of self awareness, not only just with the comments that she makes and the stances she takes, but the fact that she just does this in earshot. Like, I am so yeah. hyper cognizant all the time about like yeah. where people are around me, whether it's even like in the store, not trying to like bump into people, whatever. Uh, but also, if, not that I'm even talking shit about people really, but if I yeah. were to, I'm going to make sure they're not right next yeah. to me.
0: It's just like it's like self awareness, spatial awareness, like everything, and that's also so tied to like narcissism or like lack of remorse. Like she obviously doesn't feel bad, lack of remorse, like lack of empathy and caring for the people around her. These are all signs that, unlike Anna, she is not taking accountability or even thinks that she needs to. And so this is the first time where I feel like we see a distinct difference in you know reaction to being caught or a reaction to finally facing consequences for shitty actions yeah exactly so with that it's a row ceremony time and who goes home catalina and then mari and lauren who i felt like were the beginning of women going home who had real potential you know like mari maybe got more screen time up top and then kind of faded out and maybe same with lauren but i remember lauren and him really having a really great connection over over faith and religion and what it meant to them and their upbringing. Yeah. And then, of course, Victoria. Woo! Thank fucking God. And, of course, in classic Victoria style, you know, she could not go home without one last toxic, rude-ass comment.
3: I honestly feel so sorry for you that you would listen to hearsay and not all of the facts behind a situation. So
1: goodbye. Just like Grace. She's never heard of Grace. Just, just don't, don't know what that is. You know, she just has to. You know what this reminded me of, honestly, is like when mm-hmm. QAnon people are like uh, it's calling everybody sheep and they're like, oh, you have to do your research, do your research. It's called Google, blah, blah, blah. That's essentially what she was doing to Matt. It's like you didn't focus yeah. on the facts. It's like man. I
0: was going to say <laughs> the way that her and then MJ later kept referring to facts, facts, facts.
1: Yeah. Certainly. I was getting
0: like like Trump election, like PTSD flashbacks. I was like, Oh my Absolutely. God, what's happening here? Oh yeah. God. Like I it's just so uh oh, thank you for making that connection because I was like this is <laughs> this is making me feel icky inside and I don't yeah. No, why?
1: which uh, which makes sense because we we saw like that little flag and the 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 flag gate, if you will, of Victoria. So you know mm-hmm. dots are dots are connecting. But I will say I haven't been this excited and relieved since the first week of November the end of the first week of November. Oh like just like the, the weight off my chest. I mean, obviously there are, there are more people in this house that we have to focus on and hopefully get sent home sooner rather than later. But man, you can acknowledge a win. You know, you can acknowledge the little wins in life and we got some wins this week. So I'll take it.
0: <laughs> Same.
1: And then with that, with Victoria ding dong gone, uh, we are <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I don't even know what I that like was, that. but we're going to take I liked
0: it. it. I don't know what it was, but I liked it. <laughs>
1: uh, after we say bye to Victoria, Chris Harrison comes in and says we're halfway through and we're five weeks in. And you know how I love a good reference of time because I need it because I get so confused very easily.
0: Yeah, I feel like this season in general, they're really, really leaning into like time, like yeah. both, both in the world of like, okay, it's week one, week two, week three in their world. And yeah. also in like, I don't have time. I barely got time. Where's my time? I want my time. I feel like yeah. in a way where it has not been leaned into previously.
1: Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, we have to talk about the day card. What do we think about – so it's obviously for Rachel. And it says, our fairy tale begins today.
0: I think it's um, passable. Like, I think this one – tracks like when i was thinking about okay what could a fairy tale be this you know getting dressed for the ball is definitely one of the things it could be
1: yeah but so going into the state you know it's really i just want to like make a note it's difficult to like talk about rachel and focus on like especially so much time being uh designated to rachel when we have a lot of like the racist rumors and just whether racist rumors or just really insensitive shit that that she has done uh just there's a few tiktoks that have covered it really well but just to sum up a few of them uh the main one being someone she went to high school with said that her and her friend group uh bullied her for dating black men and then her friends rachel's friends were commenting on that tiktok initially essentially trying to like I don't know, start a fight with the person who posted it and then they deleted their comments. So not a great look. Uh, and then mm-hmm. she's had some problematic likes of, uh, of MAGA stuff and Confederate flag Instagram posts, more of, of her friends. There's been a good number of, I will say recent, uh, examples of cultural appropriation when it pertains to, you know, Halloween costumes, specifically around like Pocahontas and her mom even said, uh, or or with uh, Native Americans rather. And her mom said uh it's just because she likes Pocahontas and in and, and she has Indian and ancestry. So it's like uh, it's like a little grimacing too. Um and then there's a few others where, you know, those are the main ones that I have in my brain that are like, oof, like when there where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's Difficult to you know focus on her uh, Some of the other ones are like her Parents being Trump supporters or her Being from one of the more racist Counties in the country you know it's known As a, a sundown town in, in, a, yeah. in Georgia
0: yeah and if you um, Don't know what a sundown town is The term came from signs Posted that quote-unquote colored people Had to leave town by Sundown and this did not Just exist in the southern states like There were northern states that also Had policies and stuff like this.
1: Yeah, so for me, like kind of like the the more the top things I listed, like the uh, thing with like the person she went to high school with, the likes on Instagram, the cultural appropriation. That's more what I focus on. I think some of the other things can be kind of like not take or leave, but they're they're more yellow flags in my book. Like for example, with Mm -hmm. her parents being Trump supporters. I know a lot of other people, uh friends of mine who like their parents are Trump supporters and it yeah. very much is not reflective in their views. I get that being a caution flag, to say the least. Right. But you know, I, I'm flag. not ready for that to be like definitive, you know, evidence. Uh same with like where she's from, like not to excuse at all um, you know, like that town and, and its history. But I also know people from that exact town who are very much not uh, in support of uh, you can't change where you're from you can change you know where you go uh mm-hmm. you know both both physically geographically uh and then also just uh obviously what you support and then last thing is she's posted like QAnon adjacent type of things before mm-hmm. and that's like another one where uh you know obviously I'm very against q yeah it's it was well, flaggy for sure but i also can see i've seen people i know fall into the trap of like kind of accidentally posting QAnon related stuff because it's yeah. so prevalent in like the lifestyle space. And uh mm-hmm. like, for example, with, um, you know, obviously with, with QAnon, a big thing uh, that they believe is that there's like this secret cabal that's like hiding this underground child sex trafficking ring. And there will be things where It's just like a a graphic on Instagram that's like, oh, end child sex trafficking. And like, I think we can all get behind, uh, you know, ending child sex trafficking. And I can see people being like, yeah, like that should be something we're aware of. But they don't really like they're literally using that, right? They're using that as like this, uh, this veiled, um, you know, weapon for obviously much more um, deeply troubling um, views. So.
0: I remember when she got the date card, I just remember thinking, like, oh, she's so pretty. Too bad she's so freaking problematic. Like, I just, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, it was definitely hard to watch the date with that in mind. Um, it also kind of reminds me of Becca Kufrin's season with her, with the man that she,
1: absolutely, that she
0: chose, who ended up, she ended up being engaged to four years. Garrett, you're, you're going, I think it's pronounced. Yeah. Um, he you know right when the season started or maybe the night before maybe the night of it came out that he was you know yeah a, the problematic in the magosphere yeah yeah and it was so hard to watch him be the front runner and he was just so charming like i remember thinking the whole time like if i didn't know this about him i would love him yeah i would absolutely.
1: love him yeah and yeah it's, it's the parallel is like So hyper close with this. And it's worse because we have our first black lead of the Bachelor franchise and a frontrunner is uh you know having all these things in, in her past, so it's not great. Mm-hmm. But then oh yeah, so another thing that I wanted to bring up that was uh that was a little interesting back and forth on Twitter was um, you know, so when we were going into the Rachel date, I was feeling probably how a lot of people were where it's like, no, you know, we just had such a good moment. Um, and then we're going into this more time with Rachel. So I said like, oh, so cool. Now, now that Anna and Victoria are gone, can we finally get more screen time from the amazing BIPOC women we still have left? And then I'm like, and then it says producers, nah, how about a one-on-one date with Rachel? And then <laughs> reality Steve replied to me and said, to be fair, before Rachel's date, there's only been, uh. There's, yeah, there's only been four one-on-one dates thus far, and three of them were with BIPOC women, Brie, Serena P., and Michelle. And then Taylor Nolan replied to that uh, and said, to be fair, before Matt's season, there's only been one to four BIPOC on an entire season with almost exclusively white women getting one-on-one. So, um, And so the, the reason I bring that up is because I do see, you know, like what reality steve is like trying to say and listen like i've been on his podcast and i've stated literally on his podcast and other places that there's a lot of stuff that he says that i do not agree with and we've had dialogue around that to say the least so i get what he's trying to say but it's such a fucking weird hill to die on like that's the yeah i think that's literally one of the first times he's replied to a tweet of mine it's like that's where he's like oh, this wow. feels like a good time yeah because my point was more, not even just with one on ones, it was screen time in general, right? You know, like we have all of these women that are great left, and we're just so focused on the Annas of the world, the Victorias of the world, the MJs, the Kits. And I'm like, please, I beg of you, give us time with Abigail Bree, Michelle, uh, Ryan, you know, the list goes on, right? So that was more my point. Yeah. No, but yeah, so I just had to share that little uh, anecdote.
0: I love it. It goes, as they say, it goes down in the DMs or the TMs.
1: Twitter message. The, <laughs> forgot that they were called mentions for a sec. Don't mind me. But luckily, like, this date was fairly, like, a non-date for me. Like, you know, we don't even really have to spend all that much time getting into it. Uh, it's just like, they're going shopping. They're buying yeah. stuff.
0: I do always find it funny when, I don't know why, it's, maybe it's funnier – with Matt because he has not really been in the spotlight before this, but before this season. But when they're always like, Oh my good friend, celebrity stylist, Ty Hunter. It's like, you don't know this man yeah, and you probably yeah. barely did before. Mm-hmm. They're not your good friend.
1: Yeah. It's like, written not. on his. it's like written on his hand in Sharpie. It's like, Oh yes, my pal. <laughs>
0: um, But yeah, they have this fancy date. I feel like they really play on the part, the fact that she's like, Poor or something, you know. Not yeah. that she's literally poor, but I feel like it's kind of this, like, oh, I've never had shoes over forty dollars. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. There was something. I think it didn't really bother me until kids one-on-one, oh, which you know I yeah. could put a pin in this and pick it, pick it back up then. But yeah, I just noticed that also. It was kind of like, oh, this girl could have never, ever in her wildest dreams, ever. I do declare what a what a shock to the system. I don't know. Anyway.
1: One um, one note that I do have from this date is uh, you know obviously like uh, one of the things that Rachel gets are like the uh, the Louis Vuittons um, you know like the little red the red bottom shoes and all that I need to I think they're Louis Vuittons anyway right
0: No they're Louboutins
1: Loubi yeah so it's right. two
0: different designers
1: They are, see okay I need to. We need to air this out because <laughs> this is so damn confusing to me. Because I was literally just going to say, like, I feel like I've been saying this wrong. So was, there's Vuittons, and then there's Louis Vuitton. And
0: Louis Vuitton.
1: That is so confusing. That should not so be So I
0: was reading. <laughs> so so for the listeners, I we have some notes. I and Brett this. usually writes out the notes and I add some things to them. But it's usually Brett writes them. Uh, I'm about and to get called there was out. a note like here this. that said, sidebar, I thought it was pronounced Louis Vuitton until I was 25. And I was so confused. I'm like, that is how Louis Vuitton is pronounced. And I, I kind of forgot about the Louis Vuitton moment for a second. So let me break it down for you. Because I was confused about this, not till I was 25, but maybe till I was like in my teens. Sure. So this Louis Vuitton is the bag, the iconic bag, you know, that you see everywhere with the L and the V okay. symbol. They're both very famous and both very expensive. But to me, that one's like slightly more known. Okay. So that's Louis Vuitton. And so the shoes that we see Matt give Rachel, um, more colloquially known as red bottom shoes, those are Christian Louboutins. So this okay. man, his last name just see- happens to be similar to the first and last name of the other brand name. So Louboutin is spelled L-O-U-B something, something, something. And so it's yeah. like one word, whereas Louis Vuitton is like first And second name? Yeah. So it's Christian Louboutin, um, known as Louboutins. They're just known as Louboutins. Um, It's very confusing if you don't know. But yeah, yeah, so they're pronounced, they are pronounced just close enough that you might confuse them to be the same thing.
1: Literally, I am am a 28 year old and 28 and a half, if we're even making it worse. And (laughs) I have not known that this is like, I literally thought they were the exact same brand and I would just go back and forth on fucking up the pronunciation. This really reminds me that Everybody has like a big glaring gap of knowledge in some random thing. In I think something. we're seeing what mine is for you. It's that <laughs> out of hell for that one friend. It's says she's <laughs> never been to Target, and for me, it's designer brands. You know, it's just not that. Not sounds not my forte. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Weak spot. And then with that, do we want to just like get into the night portion? Sure, let's do it. Uh, I don't actually remember Rachel saying this, but maybe it was said where she hasn't like been in love before. So Matt asks her about that. And then she goes on to say that she's not, uh, super confident and she feels undeserving of, of love and relationships a good, a good amount. She thinks that Matt is out of her league. And in general, she has a hard time opening up because she's, uh, scared. But that said, she does say that she's completely falling in love with him.
3: And I want to walk out of here with you and I want to start my life with you and I hope that'll happen. That The scary part about it is, I just don't know if that's you know going to be the outcome.
1: And Matt sort of implies something uh, you know to reciprocate that. Can I share something with you? Mm-hmm. Um
4: So you're not crazy because I feel the same way.
1: And when I was seeing this, I was like, oh, man, we're like really getting off to the the races here. This was definitely far and away, I think, the the biggest, um, you know, divulging of feelings that we've gotten so far. Yeah. Which, again, is, uh, you know, doesn't feel great. Um, But then, you know, and then they get she gets a rose and she gets a horse that comes and picks them both up and takes them away.
0: Yeah, Um, Like I said earlier, it was kind of hard to watch this and be invested in it because I don't want to root for someone who, even if the stuff about Rachel is truly in her past and she's grown, another theme of this episode, and of the show really, our show, not The Bachelor, (laughs) um, is growth. And you know, if Rachel really has grown, I'm all for that, but just the way that her friends and her mom has reacted to the stuff that's come out about her makes me think that she hasn't. Because if your friends are a reflection of you, because again, mom, whatever, you can't choose your, your mom, But if your friends are a reflection of you and this is the way they're acting and feeling and thinking and reacting, then you probably feel similarly and you probably would be acting on them as well if you weren't bound by some crazy NDAs
1: and and legal shit.
0: So it was just hard for me to like care about this.
1: Yeah, I'm going to mess up the exact phrase, but they essentially say, like, you know, you're a summation of, like, the five people you spend the most, uh, you know, time with. And, yeah, like, if this is the, you know, I don't know exactly how tight she is with her old group of friends if they're still very, you know, close. But if they are, not great look. Not a great look.
0: Yeah. And if they're not that close, like, that's kind of crazy that they're willing to defend you so hard because that means that they really freaking care about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's the end of that date, and it's time for our group date. So this group date has everyone except Kit, again, another white woman with the, with the one-on-one. Um, just to, to reality sees point yeah. of, you know, they're starting to balance them out now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So this group date, Love Can Be Messy, that's the group date card. What'd you think about it?
1: I think that was fine. You know, like that was that was probably like one of the better ish ones. Um, I mean, because it literally is like a messy thing. And uh, I don't know. I was fine with it. I mean, I wish they gave a little bit more. It could have been like more of like a barn call out.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it could have been you are the goats or like get ready to spend time with the goat. (laughs) I mean, you know, like like (laughs) I don't know if I could
1: give that. I don't know if I can give that one to you. Listen, I love you, Why? but I don't know if I can... I don't know if
0: I can... Like greatest of all time. I get Pun. it.
1: I think it would just be a very confusing date card.
0: Whatever. Fine. Anyway, so they go no. to a farm.
1: Please forgive me.
0: Um, They go to a farm and they just we just have like a collage of a flurry of activity. And I'm so confused by so much of it. I feel like it was like a game day with the farm. Like they had a bunch yeah. of little games and stuff. And we only really know that, I think because of the blooper at the end is them doing a little like game race thing similar to the the oh, yeah. squirrel acorn the hunt fest moment. But this didn't seem to be like a race or anything. But there's a moment where like all the girls are just watching matt and mj do an egg toss i'm like did everyone else do this egg toss and they're yeah, just like yeah. the last one standing so many questions this whole thing was um,
1: a clusterfuck it was just like who is yeah, doing it was what a cluster here fuck
0: yeah i think the only standouts really of this date were you know michelle kind of talking about how hard it was going from the one-on-one to the group setting which is fair and yeah, we know it's like that a demotion. yeah and we know like just historically that's always hard for the person who goes on the first week's one-on-ones how hard that can be yeah. um and then we also have, like, I guess MJ being like, I'm gonna make myself stand out. And then just being, I think, you know, it's edited to make her seem maybe over the top, you know, kind of attention seeking, yeah. things like that. And then we also have a moment where Matt, like, runs away from MJ and runs up to Piper while she's doing a confessional and just starts making out with her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I do they have, they must have a connection that I have I like guess either so. forgotten about. Yeah.
1: Well, for me, I was glad because, like, I really like Piper, but I was like, man, mm-hmm. like, have y'all been talking or is this like your first yeah. how do you do?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it seemed very clear to me, like, OK, there is a relationship here that we haven't seen. And also in the sneak preview, it's like it's more I think she has a one on one next week. So it's probably like, OK, we'll save this story for then. now that we got rid of this huge drama factor um, of, the, of the Victoria Anna shit. So, yeah. I was a little confused, but I was like, you know what? Earlier in the earlier in the episode, she was like really sad that she didn't get a one-on-one. So this at least like vindicates that that it wasn't all in her head that he literally ran up to her, started kissing her, and then ran away. Yeah. Um, and then of course, because he was running away from MJ, she like <laughs> runs after and then she sees and it's awkward. That's that, yeah. that was very strange to me in general.
1: Yeah, it was very jarring. Very jarring. Before we get to the night portion, I have like two comments about like the day in particular, right? One yeah. was I got flashbacks to nick season when Corinne and you know was on the group day with I can't even remember else, but Corinne was just like the highlight of like them shuffling shit. And I want to say in like in Idaho or like one of those, you know, one of those states. And mm-hmm. uh and that was like their first travel excursion where it's like you get to go to this random place. Uh, so that was yeah. thought number one was that flashback.
0: What did she did she refuse to do it? Is that what it was?
1: I don't know if she refused. I, I can't she ref- fully remember. I think she may have refused.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But she was just like very not happy. And there's a good number of gifts that are that are out there. And then second thought is as much as I love Michelle, the get up that she was wearing with like the black turtleneck and the and the necklace made her look like the rock meme. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 90s
0: rock. I know exactly the, what you're the talking about. 90s
1: rock. Yep. I just, you know, I just had, just had to say it. That was, those were my two glaring takes from this group date.
0: I love it. I didn't catch that, but as soon as you said that, uh I see like I the memory, I see it.
1: Uh so then we get to the Night part of the group day, and you know, Matt grabs Chelsea for a little bit and she talks about how uh, she's not always like the most comfortable around you know, boys. Uh, have to call out her coat, her very fluffy coat, for being a real good coat. That's that's my main takeaway from that interaction.
0: Yeah, I felt um, the
1: same. Uh, But then he talks to Abigail for a little bit. And if you've listened to the pod for even a little bit or seen any of my tweets, you'll know I'm a big Abigail supporter. So I was very glad we were getting some time um, with Madden Abigail here. And we see her opening up a little bit.
2: My biggest fear has become that I'm going to disappoint you. You want a wife and you want a family. And, you know, I want those things, too. But, you know, if I were to have a family, um, there is a really strong possibility, you know, that my kids would be deaf.
1: That must just be like such a difficult thing to like share, you know, like with with a partner, because I would imagine her dating experiences are already, um, you know, difficult enough. Uh, more than obviously, you know, y- yours or or mine. Uh, you know, but then as like an additional thing, it's like not only are are you know are you experiencing this. There's like this. It, it feels like this reveal. You know that you have to share with a partner that I don't know. It it shouldn't be, but it also is important to share. It's just it's just hard. You know, and and I just really really felt for you know in that moment. Uh, and then you know she talks about her birth dad.
2: In no way do I, you know, view my hearing loss as baggage, but when you have, you know, what should have been one of the most important people in your life, you know, walk out, it's hard not to feel like, you know, if I fully open up myself to somebody, are they going to do the same thing?
1: Just, yeah, this is just, uh, you know, I really just fell for the, the entire time. What were, what were your thoughts?
0: yeah i was surprised to hear that she because i remember brie in the first episode hearing that she had a similar family background and upbringing as matt and i remember just catching that instantly and they obviously talked about it on their one-on-one and i don't remember the same for Abigail, but obviously obviously it is also very similar so i just remember feeling surprised because like oh i didn't know that she grew up you know with a father who also walked out. Like I think that's just like we saw with Bree. That's a very, it's something that you just can't relate to it unless you go through it. And so it's Mm. to have a partner who potentially hundred percent understands where you're coming from and what you've been through. I think that can be really special. I don't think it's necessary for everyone, but I think it can be really special if it works out that way. So I definitely noticed that. Um, But yeah, I just generally feel for Abigail because as she points out in some part of the episode, she got the first impression rose and then she's just been on group day after group day after group date. so it's like when you're five weeks in and you've barely had you know yeah. quote-unquote time with matt i can see how that can be really stressful and just like weighing on you and kind of making you spiral a little bit so i do feel for her you know we see all these women have like mini spirals and then they have a long convo maybe on a group date or something with Matt and they feel validated again and Abigail does get that from this moment but I just feel for her you know part of me is like when is she gonna get her one on one you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but I feel that way about other women too and also yep. like where's Brie like I love Br- Brie's probably my favorite to win and it's like but I don't even know if she's a contender anymore I and I yeah. feel like also part of that is just the drama has taken so much time like we mm. didn't even know that him and Piper had 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 any sort of relationship yeah, really
1: yeah right. you know
0: it, so it's just like it's just like i feel very confused yeah. in terms of where everyone stands like i don't mm-hmm. know who the clear front runners are anymore i don't know who's middle of the pack anymore so that abigail moment jump-started those thoughts uh in my mind
1: yeah and i do hope that now that we are starting to you know cut some of like the the, the more uh you know Frustrating members of the house like Anna and Victoria, and obviously we have more more to come. That we will start refocusing on, you know, some of these early favorites like Bree and Abigail, and back to Michelle and and all of that. That's me being naively hopeful, but we will see. Um, speaking of Michelle, one just thing that I really noticed with them is like they're just so comfortable with each other and so quickly too, right? Like especially compared to his relationships with the other women. Given the fact that she hasn't had multiple, you know, weeks with Matt. Granted, she did have that one-on-one, but they just seem to really instantly click. So I'm still, she's probably like my number one, um, but I guess we will we'll see. And then we get Matt talking to MJ, and this is the beginning of of this whole arc where. Um, you know they were just talking, and then Matt mentions to her that when it came to the bullying conversations, um, that she that her name was brought up as uh, as an antagonist and contributing to the whole OGS versus JV Varsity that whole thing. And uh, yeah, you can start seeing like the fire in MJ's eyes too. And I especially liked when Brittany came in.
3: Hey, is that cool if i steal you for a minute i'm sorry one second unless you're done
2: no, it's all, i'll not. i'll talk to you later it's all
1: good. okay and you can see like matt was pretty much out of his chair like he was just ready to get out of there and that was a big oof big oof moment for mj
0: yeah this moment was so funny to me
1: because
0: she's so aggressively like one second and 'cause yeah. she turns away from him, and like it just like all the attitude there, like all the yeah like Matt's definitely done m j like definitely in this moment, in terms of like their relationship, and I just thought it was so funny, he's like, yeah yeah i'll ta- I'll, ta- I'll talk to you later like like in a You think he's going to be like, oh no, we can, yeah, we can keep talking. He's like, no, he's done. I don't know. I just thought it was funny.
1: Um, Again, it's a it carries the theme of like, you know, Matt standing by his choices or instincts, where it's like, no, just because MJ shut that down is like one second. Matt was like, actually, no, we're we're done, and I'll grab you later. Yeah, Matt's doing Matt's doing great this episode.
0: Yeah, and so MJ goes back to the women, and then she's kind of like, I think because we've seen her mean girl side that I kind of knew that this was too good to be true or not going to play out the way that she claimed it would. She's like kind of calmly saying calmly, but sternly saying like, you know, Matt said that someone called me the antagonist. I would love to open the floor for discussion, you know, things like that. Obviously she was not opening the floor for discussion. Um, But (laughs) So then they start talking about it. You know, Justenia says that Matt asked her and she told Matt that MJ was the originator of the varsity versus JV squad, you know, old girl versus new. And then MJ starts saying a couple of phrases that she continues to say throughout the rest of the episode. I know that I'm honest. I, I lead by example. It's, you know what I stand for. I preach harmony, peace. And I was just kind of like, yeah, on episode one, maybe, like your yeah. mean girl, your mean girl has been out on display yeah. for the last four episodes.
1: Yeah, she just kept on um, saying so many of those things, like without evidence, like, oh yeah, I lead by example, peace and harmony. Uh, I'm looking to open the floor for discussion. And it's just like, where, yeah. where, and but where. it was just
0: like, it was so repetitive that to me, it was like, this is like a canned response. This is like a po- yeah. politician. Like me, like kind of weak media training of oh, if I ever get in trouble, just repeat these things over yeah. and over yeah. and over. Yeah, right. Um, and so they're discussing, but MJ is kind of being aggressive. You know, she says that Justine owes her an apology. Justine is pushing back on MJ. You know, asks if she owned up to anything she did to Matt, and MJ claims she didn't do anything. And then you know, we saw her denying everything to him. Yeah. So she's obviously, you know, not leading by example or she's just delusional. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And so MJ is, is furious. She's not really letting this be a discussion. She just says that. Senya owes her an apology. Katie jumps in and we hear the, um, the little soundbite that we heard in last week's preview saying that MJ is deflecting and MJ is just like, I'm being attacked right now, you know? Mm. And it's like. Are they attacking you, or are they asking yeah. you questions to see if you're going to hold yourself accountable for a discussion that you initiated? Yes. Like They're just partaking in the discussion you initiated, and you are deflecting by saying that they're attacking you, which, as we have discussed, <clears throat> tone policing, tone policing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not attacking you. You just don't like that they're saying things that you don't have yep. um, a defense for. Exactly. Anyway, Abigail gets a group date, Rose, and that's that. Woo!
1: Um,
0: then we have our one-on-one with Kit. Oh, boy. Kit, dinner at my place, question mark. Very, very straightforward date card. They're having dinner at his place. At first, at the very, very beginning, I was like, oh, my God, is Kit going home? Because I feel like all of the shorter one-on-ones I've seen in the past, like usually the person goes home. So part of yeah, me thought that, yeah. but obviously that didn't happen um also the only other one-on-one date like this i've seen was and i'm i'm sure i may have missed some but was from ali Fitatowski season because it's on netflix so i saw some of it <laughs> and she sent that guy home pretty pretty quickly <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah. i don't know i just part of me was like oh no
1: i also think like the one-on-ones later in the episode are always danger territory where it's like you've got yeah. like 10 minutes left in the episode or something and it's like what's yeah, a one one-on-one in too. here
0: i was like I mean, it was a short one-on-one. Even yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could have been just short, editing-wise, but also there was no day portion and night portion. It was all yeah, night portion, right. so that also yeah. to me is a red flag. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's a low-key cooking date together, and then she obviously really is excited for this. You know, she says cooking with her mom in the kitchen is like her happy place and that she's told Matt that before. So that to me is like less of a red flag. It's like, Oh, okay. This is catered to her. Yeah. But when she explains this, she's like, you know, my, my life is glitz and glam and, and all this stuff. So what I was going to say about the Rachel date earlier, it's like, they were kind of playing that up as like, Oh, this girl from nowhere, Georgia, you know, doesn't know luxury and, 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 Mm, and this Cinderella moment. And then the girl who has it all is like, "Oh, the the low key creature comfort of home." Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, with there was nothing really wrong with kits. I just I always think it's like a little weird to be like, "Oh, look, at this person's poor," and now they get a yeah. moment where where they're experiencing luxury. So yeah, for Rachel, yeah. and I feel like I kind of I had like a little whisper of that feeling with her date, but I was like, "No, no, no, it's fine." And then I think with the juxtaposition of Kit's date and how she's talking so much about how glamorous her life is Mm -hmm. that, that that's where I saw it more where I was like, Oh, okay. So they're like really like contrasting these two dates and they were really playing. They're really playing this thing up with Rachel the third. And they're really playing this other thing up with Kit. It felt very subtle, but it did jump out at me. So I felt the need to say it.
1: No, no. I think you're onto something. What's funny with this is like, I know it wasn't going to happen, but every time she would mention her mom, I was waiting for her to be like, my mom, Cynthia Rowley. Just say it. We all know. We all know. Just say it. Also, it should probably surprise nobody who has listened to the earlier conversation that we had around fashion that I did not know who Cynthia Rowley was. I was was about to
0: say, I didn't know who Cynthia Rowley was either. All right. I feel better. I guess I thought for how... Wealthy they are, famous her mom is, or whatever. That I would have at least heard of the brand name, but yeah. I haven't. But you can still be really, really successful in like, you know, the Manhattan and Hampton's circles and not be mainstream famous yeah. or mainstream that, known, which is, that, which is some people think even better, right? Like the elitistness of it, exclusivity of it. Yeah. I don't think that it's like they're forcing it down our throats. Yeah. It's
1: probably, she probably is very successful. That being said, like, I'm comforted that you don't know her, but I have <laughs> a good amount of friends who like are like Cynthia Rell, Like they really know her well. Oh. So it might just be like well. a gap in both of our knowledges too. Who knows?
0: Yeah. I think it, I think that's what it is. <laughs> and so Kit talks about the pressures of growing up in the public eye and how that's led her to build walls and that led her to say something that I found particularly interesting and that led her to say something that I found particularly interesting. And my partner needs to be somebody who's able to like help me through falling in love because
3: it's not easy for me.
0: And so this resonated with me. So I am in my mid to late 20s and it wasn't until my mid to late 20s that I met anyone who I formed a deeper sort of connection with. And I really, really needed them to kind of hold my hand through figuring out what it was to have deep feelings for someone. Like, I really needed them to walk me through, like, falling for them, which is kind of exactly what I got from Kit here. Yeah. And so that, even though I don't really like it and I still don't, she's a whole person, right? Like, I know yeah. that she's not the cartoon character that we see on TV because they're all cartoon characters yeah, because right. we freaking see them on TV. So I do have empathy for her as like a fully formed three-dimensional person just because she's not someone who I'd be friends with doesn't mean that I don't relate to her and I feel for her in this moment. And even though she's much younger than me, she's 21, I still needed this at 21. Like there were definitely potential relationships in my past that didn't pan out because the person didn't want to go through that with me, who didn't want to put in that extra little bit of work that they needed to with me. Yeah. That they didn't need to put into for the average twenty one year old who had maybe already been in a relationship in high school or 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 college or, or whatever. So, I definitely understand that, and I just wanna and you yeah like kudos like she knows her worth like she knows just like I did you know like she knows what she needs and she's gonna wait for that she's gonna hold out for that person who will be able to carry her through this daunting thing that even in adulthood she hasn't had the chance to experience yet. So yeah. that kind of resonated with me.
1: Yeah. This date sort of humanized Kit a little bit more. The thing with Kit is like there are other bigger villains in this house, right? Or or that yeah. were in this house like Victoria or Anna or MJ or you know what have you. Um that doesn't like excuse Kit. You know, she's almost like sneaking under the radar because she's like yeah. hiding under like the wings of these other people who are a little bit more boisterous mm-hmm. with their presence. Um, but like she was still very much contributing to this stuff.
0: Yeah. And also she grew she said herself, she grew up in the public spotlight. So she knows how to be, and in a social scene, like I think that moment in the beginning of the episode where she's like laughing, but it's like, don't let them hear you. Yeah. She knows that's not in her favor for this to be overheard. Yeah.
1: It's, but that doesn't yeah. mean.
0: So it's more of a. It seems more of like a. Sorry, I got caught. Yeah. Versus. Sorry that I did it.
1: Yeah. It's more of like a reputation maintenance concern than it is yes, actually that's saying it. the Thank stuff. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Brett, a theme that I've found throughout us making the show is that you always find the words that I struggle for. And we I appreciate get it. We
1: get each other. We finish each other's thoughts. Missed the cue. Okay, I was like waiting. <laughs> there we go. That could have been better. All right, we'll work on that. You know, it's we're still we're still getting the ball well, rolling here. <laughs> supposed to be quicker. Um, i right. sorry. Oh, but then the other thought was that, did you watch Queen's Gambit? You watch Queen's Gambit, right? Or yeah, no? she looks like She looks her, so yeah. much like, I can't get it out of my head. I just can't. Yeah. The face.
0: I didn't really see it before, but then when I saw that the actress from Queen's Gambit is actually really, really blonde, um, yeah. then I was like, oh, this looks like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then, yeah, and then, you know, she gets a rose and that was a bit unexpected, you know, for me, but I'm like, well, all right. Um, And then, yeah. So with that, we get the tail end of the episode and we have another date card coming into the house that says, I need to know the truth. Meet me at the cocktail party before the other women arrive. And it's for MJ and Yesenia. And listen, we have talked about all of the different two-on-one possibilities throughout the show. <laughs> I could, like, I would never have guessed in a million years that this was gonna be the yeah. matchup. I've been, like, hoodwinked once again.
0: Yeah, and I will say, especially since Jessenius had, like, no screen time. So usually there's some sort of buildup. Like, I I, actually was starting to think, like, okay, I think MJ might be on, on whatever two-on-one if we get one, but yeah. I had no idea who the other person would be. Like, no yeah. idea.
1: Yeah. Well, if you know what, I really feel like we're almost getting the end of an era with the proper two on one because they keep doing this thing where it's like this afterthought in the last five minutes of the I mean, obviously, like it's still going, um, you know, into, into the next week. But
0: yeah, and also like 10 minutes, 30 minutes before the cocktail party.
1: Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Where it's like we're gonna have a few sentences that we share, but then you know one of you is going home. I mean, I thought immediately of Tammy and McKenna last year. Yeah. Because it's it's one thing for this year where it's like, oh, you know, maybe they don't have as many options where they can have a two on one date, which doesn't actually really make sense. But like, whatever, you can just blame it on COVID. Just blame everything on COVID. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't a factor last year, and it was the same no. thing. So yeah. I don't know. We might be getting. We might be losing it. I don't know how I feel.
0: Yeah. I honestly think it's because they just didn't really work that well. They were always super awkward, and you had to use a lot of filler in yeah. them, you know, because there's like a date portion, and then we go to the one-on-one talking. Yeah. It, I and then also usually the lead's not that interested in either of them, you know, yeah, in the right. in, to really keep them around. Last season, Tayshia didn't give the rose during the two-on-one. Remember, yeah. she was like, yeah, "No." Right. Fuck off. Go to the cocktail party. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely the end of an era.
1: Yeah. I definitely see that. Um, one thing I was noticing with, you know, Jasenia and MJ going back and forth, because obviously they had a little, like, dead time before, you know, Matt ever arrives. Um,
0: mm-hmm. We don't
1: even get him this episode. But, you know, they're just talking back and forth. I feel like Jasenia had, like, a good amount of comebacks.
0: You don't know me, okay? Clearly you don't. I don't know you because I see three sides of you, wow, actually. Wow, that's a big accusation right. to make. Who you are Yesenia at the house, has, This is who the truth. you are with Matt, and who you are when the cameras are on, MJ? That is Three a big accusation. To so I to wonder make. which side Matt's going to see. Well, tonight. all I know
1: is that it I- was almost like time after time, and there was like another where MJ is just like going off, being really defensive, combative. General repeating, theme of this episode:
0: repeating that she leads by example, repeating yeah. that she just preaches
1: exactly. uh, peace and
0: harmony. Nothing of substance to say. No rebuttals to what to the very good points yep. that Justenia is bringing up.
1: Yeah, I was just like really like impressed with just any of this, like just how she was crafting Mm -hmm. her uh, her points, you know, and then when she said, are you done? I will always find that that's like one of the most like gutting comebacks because it's so diffusing and it's like it's so hard to come back to because it just makes you look like a toddler.
0: Yeah, it just has so many layers because it can be it can be a little bit you know like sassy but it's also like well i want to make sure i'm not interrupting you you know it's like i want to make sure you got everything out you had to say so that i can also get out everything i have to say without you interrupting me which of course mj interrupts her like a million times and then if justenia tries to cut in she's like stop talking over me classic yeah. villain behavior yeah.
1: i also want to acknowledge there's a moment where I feel like they break the fourth wall a little bit, like Not right what here. I feel
0: they definitely do. <laughs>
1: they break definitely. the fourth wall.
0: I guess he'll find out the truth tonight. You'll find out the truth when this all airs, and so will he. <laughs> oh, that's
1: cute. So, obviously, when the they're way, on this show, like they talk about like the journey of it, but they never really acknowledge that it's a show ever.
0: Two things. One, the way that Justinian just stares at the camera after she said that, <laughs> iconic. I was <laughs> yeah, like, oh, damn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Two, that's the most egregious way they broke in the fourth wall this um season but the way that they have broken it so often this season is kind of crazy to me. yeah like yeah. it's like it just goes to show that this season they're definitely like experimenting a lot
1: yeah i do like it i feel quite literally seen when they do stuff like that i'm like hey you yeah. you know that i'm watching weird
0: just the way she sti- oh my God, i couldn't get over it. i literally re-watched it i was like oh I was like, did I make that up in my mind? No. She stared yeah. into my soul. Yeah. She's like, the truth will come out when yeah. we're on national TV. Yeah.
1: They were both kind of crushing it in their own way, like good like they were crushing their roles, I guess. Like Jessenia yeah. was really good at like uh, you know, coming back with comebacks and stating her points really well. MJ was really good at scaring the shit out of me. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like she was just so scary. The way she was walking and like staring at Jasenya when they were doing that really dramatic scene when they're, you know, in, in the limo and they're walking to like the final area, whatever you really want to call that whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like spooked, man. Like, that she was just, oof, you know, I, I, like I credit Jasenya for how well she handled it because MJ's fucking scary.
0: Reminds me of Marilyn.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It doesn't even surprise me, honestly, because it has the parallel of a woman of color up against a white woman. It's like when you grow up BIPOC, you have to learn certain ways of walking through the world to protect yourself against, you know, the white forces that be. Like, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like you learn to navigate, you learn to have way more patience. One, that's why you see like Karen's the Karen thing is because like when you're a white woman, it's very easy to grow up very entitled, you know, white people in general, but we see that with like the Karen thing. It's like, it's growing up entitled with the added benefit of like seeming helpless. So you could get away with more egregious activity, more violence, more vocal outbursts, things like that. Yeah. So when you're a person of color and a woman of color, like you grow up, you grow up like navigating that, instinctively like you you know it's like part of molding yourself to the world around you so to me it wasn't that surprising it's just kind of like oh it's very clear that they've been in this situation before you know they've been trained for this their whole life these types of conversations with these types of women with these Karens for Marilyn and Jasenia against Victoria and and MJ they've seen this before they've had to go up against this before it yeah. seems very it-
1: clear it's sort like a survivalist skill they've had to develop. You
0: know? Yes, thank you. That's the – that's what I was trying to find. Got you again. Those words.
1: <laughs> Got you. And then, yeah, and then we close the episode with a to be continued, but not before Matt pulls up with like a little red sports car, a la Stuart Little, which I feel like is the thing <laughs> with literally every Bachelor that they have to have a red sports car. At least Peter yeah. did.
0: And that is finally the end of the episode. Um. We have a teaser, cue lots of yelling and drama. A Serena C is confronting Katie, saying that she's the quote arsonist of all these yeah. little fires. Feels like a reach to me.
1: Not looking forward to that.
0: They definitely don't paint Katie in the best light. They, you know, like, see her reacting angrily, but that yeah. doesn't mean that she's gonna look bad. Like, I just think like we've seen Serena C be so either mean or passive that yeah. I'm like, okay, this is just an attempt to create this is just like all the villains are leaving, so it's like yeah, yeah. an attempt to create a new one. Yeah, I don't yeah. we need so many villains. We don't need villainry. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah,
1: we're good. We're good. We're exhausted. Please,
0: yeah. seriously. And then we see, you know, a cameo of the lovely Tyler C. We see Heather Martin finally pulling up. I literally don't think that she's gonna join the house. I don't. Yeah, um, it's so late in the game. I just don't see it. Yeah. And then uh, a blooper, which is what we alluded to earlier about them actually having like a little game race thing of running with the goats
1: again it was like a a, i was also a little bit confused but this at least showed some light into what they were trying to do on that group date yeah and then that's the episode we did it another week down slightly less exhausting Mm -hmm. than last week so hopefully we're on a up and up trend from here
0: I don't know, I felt pretty exhausted, but I mean
1: I just feel less <laughs> well, at least exhausted. on the this up. This is comparative. Comparative.
0: Yeah, at least on the up. All right. Now it's time for the current events section of this news magazine
1: podcast. That's my that's <laughs> the- my sound effect for Thank it. Thank
0: you. Th- wait, do it again, do it again.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Batch Nation, batch nation Moments, moments of, of,
0: the of the Week. week. <laughs> do, 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 do. Woo! Brett, what's your batch nation moment of the week?
1: Well, I feel like a good amount happened this past so week that happened. it was hard to really pick one. You have Dylan's rant on Twitter. Oh what else was there? The,
0: um, all so many TikToks. Like I saw so many of Taisha Sash Claire's men on TikTok this week. Oh, like yeah. I saw the continuing, ever evolving, like Rachel saga.
1: Oh man! Oh God! Ugh. And then we had like a. Well, even more of like the Sarah and DJ – What's how do you pronounce the line? I don't actually know who that is. Like DJ Bayou? Is that what it is? Yeah,
0: I don't know. Just just her and her and her music man. Her DJ –
1: Yeah, her music man just just denying the rumors. That saga. Yeah. But, you know, so there was a lot to pick from. But what I ultimately landed on was something that didn't get as much attention, I think. It was actually this Reddit thread. And it was just called – Uh, Abigail being hearing impaired and people jumping to conclusions. So, you know, oh, and the poster was weatch, biatch, which I very much appreciate. So I just have to (laughs) shout them out. Uh, But, you know, I want to like preface this for, you know, obviously, like I do not know what it's like to uh, be deaf. I have no experiences there. And this is purely speculation, but this post like did kind of get me thinking and it and it did. I think at least give some context to uh um there's a lot of people who noticed that when all the drama with uh, you know mainly Victoria but then Anna uh, last week was happening you know we saw you know people reacting and little cuts of clips and all that but uh Abigail was sort of like laughing at some of the things and I remember you know thinking it's like oh man I'm like really surprised cuz like I really like abigail a lot so i hope she's not like secretly going to you know turn out to be not so great but this thread you know was talking about those comments of her potentially being um a mean girl and it brought up you know she has the cochlear implant and even though she can hear with that obviously um it, she's not necessarily going to be able to hear as well as like you or i could i mean you even think about when she was first introducing herself to Matt, she had said, oh, I'm probably going to need to uh, read your lips because sometimes I can I can lose sounds. And um, yeah, so they they talked in this thread a little bit about especially when there's crossfire, you know, like there's all of those women like talking or yelling over each other. And it's one just like a lot to absorb, even someone who doesn't, you know, who isn't deaf. It's a lot for me to just try to think like, oh, wait, who said that, who said what you know, just keeping track of it all, and um they talked on this thread too how people who are deaf you know or people who are you know hard of hearing, they might pick more up on visual cues than actually hearing what, what people are saying. It's kind of like you know, I think about when i you know back when I went to bars back in the olden times, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. uh you know someone's telling a story and there's just like a lot of background noise and back and in the late
0: 20
1: back in back in the olden days um but you know like when someone is trying to explain a story and you can't really hear them so you just sort of like nod along and laugh i can kind of see how that was that could potentially have have happened with her where you're just sort of picking up on visual cues and then she had actually gone on the bachelor happy hour podcast and talked about like her experiences with dating how there were times where she would just not really hear a full conversation and she would just sort of laugh along and smile along. Uh, and then she also talked about how uh, on the show, I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago, so she wasn't getting directly at uh, what moment she was talking about, but she said when drama was happening, like, you know, for example, with the, the escort talk, uh, someone had to fill her in. After on more of the details because she lost a lot of them.
0: Yeah, basically what you're saying is, you know, some people were coming after her for showing the mean girl side when really she probably just was like laughing along. She had no idea what the fuck was happening.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So I still trust Abigail.
0: Yeah. How
1: about what? What was yours? Out of all the things that happened.
0: <laughs> so mine was a little um kookier. I did. I did think about doing the Dylan stuff just because part of me was like oh did he like spill some tea for real like oh i love whenever we get like some production insight tidbits and stuff you know a la colton this american life story like i think that stuff's really cool and fun and interesting but then i was kind of reading through some of his responses and they were like things that we already know like not that that's a good not that they're good things Definitely, things yeah. that we want to see the franchise change, but it's like nothing felt surprising. Yeah, nothing was
1: groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, It was a lot of like nothing burgers. I had the same kind of yeah, reaction. Nothing. To it. <laughs> nothing
0: burgers. Yeah, exactly.
1: It was. It definitely felt like Dylan just wanting attention. You yeah. Know, well, and, he was uh, obviously
0: mad about something. Like he was obviously pissed yeah, off about yeah. something. Uh, who knows what it is? Honestly, maybe it's maybe they were like expecting ABC to pay for the wedding, and they're like, we don't care about you guys anymore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to know what the catalyst was more than the insights quote unquote that he was sharing. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, But anyway, that's not my Bachelor Nation moment of the week. My Bachelor Nation moment of the week was this Reddit post, also another Reddit post. um, But I actually saw a screenshot of it on um, this other Bachelor meme page, gossip Instagram. I'm not sure what to categorize it as called um, Bachelor Reality like oh pun. yeah
1: no i yeah i, I love their it's their a
0: account. cute pun it's a good pun yeah um, and it's about basically conspiracy theory <laughs> on the bachelor <laughs> so the title of this post and i'm not going to read the whole post but the title of this post is conspiracy corner was a phantom contestant edited out of the season and so in the post it's you know It's kind of funny and it's a little self-aware because it's like it starts out with break out the tinfoil hats because it is very conspiracy-y. But at the same time, this is like a very low stakes conspiracy. You know what I mean? It's very believable. It's very probable that we know that this franchise is capable of uh, a lot of production magic and editing magic. Yeah, sure. Um, But I was reading through this and I was like, damn, some of this makes sense. Like, one thing that I didn't notice but, you know, is true is that on the, you know, weird wedding photo capture the flag date, there were 18 girls on the date, but there were only 17 names read out. Hmm. Uh, so that was one thing. And then they were like, yeah, it could have just been a mistake. But why didn't any of the contestants complain about being having uneven teams? Yeah. Like, just things like that. And I was like, true, yeah. true small little things here and there. Um. And then the biggest one for me was tying it back to the fact that we didn't see a day portion of a group date of one of the group dates last week which you and i talked about we were like what the hell happened here i'm very curious as to why it was cut but i kind of just chalked it up to like i guess it was not interesting or they wanted they just cut it for time you know whatever yeah uh point blank and um they wrote last week we did not see a second of the first group date until the evening portion Nothing and no mention of it being canceled. If Matt canceled the day portion because of the Sarah stuff, we would see that happen to build drama and tension. And then they wrote some other stuff adding to their point about why they wouldn't have a day portion of a group date. They're like, this is the reason why. Yeah. And then they wrote third, four I conclude that the canceled contestant was part of the first group date and was edited out of it, and that she was such a big part of the second group date say if she won the date competition or it was just such a group thing that it was impossible to edit her out that they removed the entire date. And I was like, damn, this makes sense.
1: You see, I admire you so much for uh, having this as your Bachelor moment of the week (laughs) because when I saw because I saw that post too and I think I must have just seen it when I was super tired. Again, it was like an exhausting week, both Bachelor related and non. And I think I saw it and I got like a Some, some QAnani scares, even though it was like a harmless, you know, conspiracy theory. And I was just like, I don't have the mental capacity to try to unpack this. And, uh, uh, you know, I I just couldn't dive into all the layers, but listen, I think there is something to the fact that they didn't show that day part of the date some of the other stuff i don't know exactly how probable it is because it feels like there would have to be so much cover-up that i don't think would be possible in this day and age but yeah you know listen you never you never you never know listen if you were the secret contestant email us just let us know you know just (laughs) just let us break it you know we want to hear from you
0: yeah i think like There would have to be so much luck on their side. Like if they, if this person, because this person obviously made it through a couple of rose ceremonies or whatever, um, if they existed, (laughs) um, so (laughs) if they were like, if they were on the edges for all the rose ceremonies, like it might be possible, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um but for Don't all have of that to, to align, some pre
1: planning too though. Exactly, just like, We're exactly, going exactly. to cut this person. We're going to cut this person. We're going to do him dirty from yeah. from the, the get go.
0: Exactly. So it is a stretch and I think I think that's why it's my bachelor nation moment of the week just cuz it's so fun and like crazy and yeah. silly and like just in the vein of reality enough to like really consider it which I guess is how all conspiracy theories work. But then when you get re- yeah. that it's just like fun. Like yeah. and then if this were to be true, and ABC did pull this off, like that's just wild. It's just so yeah, it's just silly impressive, and funny, and I and I love it. Um,
1: I also just really admire people who one like notice super small details. I mean, you you notice more small details than I do, yeah, more I production do. wise. But then people who, uh, yeah, listen, you know, you, you do. I'll give you your props. I'll give you your your kudos. Uh, <laughs> but then like people who can come up with stuff like this or not come up or notice no it's not come up it's not fake it's real there's there's <laughs> someone out there. I just uh it's just major props to yeah. this person.
0: <laughs> Seriously. I mean it's it's like silly and fun to like dream up these things, but to really yeah. go back and go down the rabbit hole of like trying to reverse engineer the evidence. It's like yeah, that's like a time yeah. commitment. That's good that's the
1: fact they were able to put together a pretty good case is yeah impressive
0: yeah exactly so that's my bachelor nation moment of the week it's a good one thanks that's another episode of baby got batch
1: this episode and all these other episodes were produced by us brett vergara and camila salazar over there
0: that's me have any questions comments opinions haikus or love letters for us Email them all to babygotbatchpod at gmail.com.
1: And listen, don't forget to rate, review, share, all that on Apple Podcasts or where you listen to podcasts. Five stars if you're feeling extra nice.
0: And if you're not yet, follow the show on social media. We're at babygotbatchpod on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And if you want to follow us personally, we're at Brett S. Vergara and at Camila Lala with two A's at the end on both.
0: Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: Uh, bye.
3: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.